Welcome to How to Eat Less Water, the podcast for anyone who's concerned about the state of our environment and wants to live more sustainably, but is short on either time, money, ideas, or all three. I'm your host, Florencia Ramirez, author of the award-winning book, Eat Less Water, and a kitchen activist. Every Monday and Wednesday, I share bite-sized action steps anyone can implement in their kitchen. Why the kitchen? The average person eats between 500 to 1,300 gallons of virtual water every day. Our food is the best place to turn our hope for a better environment into action. Want to receive 10 tips to eat less water for your summer parties? Go to eatlesswater.com to download the free list. Now, let's dig in and grow well-being together. Hi, welcome to the Eat Less Water podcast. I'm your host, Florencia Ramirez. Over the weekend, I celebrated my birthday with friends on the beach. It's become my standard celebration. I invite a small number of women who I have the privilege to know and play with and celebrate them as much as they celebrate me. It's always a fun gathering of spirits and food. There's always good food. Each year I make the main dish, the entree, and it changes from year to year depending on what mood I'm in or what I've been cooking lately. I invite my friends to bring anything that they want to accompany that dish or something to drink or to bring nothing at all. I love the potluck model because it brings together just a diversity of flavors that you wouldn't get otherwise if you were cooking all the foods yourself. And But at the same time, I know that there's been times where I've been invited to potlucks and I'm just not in the space to bring anything at that point because I'm just, it's like a really busy time. And the last thing I want is for people to feel burdened by the idea of bringing something to eat or drink. So whenever I write an invitation that includes a potluck, I always give people the invitation to just arrive, just to come as they are. So if you want to share something, you can. If you don't, that's fine. You come as you are. Just you arriving and you being present is enough. It's always enough. And there's always enough food to go around. Even if we just had empanadas with the chimichurri sauce and a bottle of wine, I mean, you just can't go wrong with that. Anything else is just extra, right? It's just the frosting on the cake. I made empanadas from scratch, made the dough and the filling. And this year I did something different where in my invitation, I also invited anyone who wanted to come join me in the kitchen the day before to make the empanada. One of my friends, a fellow writer, joined me in the kitchen the day before. And then Saturday, the day of the event, I still had dough to make and roll. And I was so tired in the morning from the night before because I had attended another birthday event that my father had planned uh, during a summer concert. And it ended with mezcal at a fantastic cocktail bar in downtown Oxnard, which I love. 
and I love the mezcal, but I was feeling really tired on Saturday morning and very slow to get started on making about 30 empanadas. But instead of feeling overwhelmed about the process or feeling like, why did I get myself into this again? Because I do make something from scratch every year. That fog of fatigue is able to burn off for me when I really dig into the concept of I am cooking with purpose. And when I start to really feel that and to remember that, to remind myself, then joy always follows. I'm cooking from scratch because if I make it, then I know where I got the vegetables and the meat and the flour from. And I can feel really good about that because then I'm building nutrition and supporting farmers and agricultural methods that are part of the solution. And then I take that energy and I turn them into these little pockets of delicious, warm food that I could share with these women who have made my life more delicious. And so it's a whole shift, a mindset of how I'm approaching cooking. And it hasn't always been that way. When I started this process to eat less water, when I wrote and researched for the book, which took me seven years to do, I was setting out thinking that I was finding the answer to what are the positive impacts one eater can make on water systems around the world with our food choices. And I didn't realize that I too was on a path of joy, that I was answering my call, my charge of of how can I do good in the world? And I was also learning how to feel good too. Because as I shared with the empanadas, food carries with it stories and faces and interactions, like those interactions I have at the farmer's market or at the grocery store. But this wasn't always the case. You know, I had times of pleasure and fun when I was cooking over the years before Eat Less Water for sure. But overall, it felt like a never-ending chore. When I start to think about my own food stories, because we all have our food stories, how we feel around our food are influenced by the things that have happened to us and the people who we watch. I'm thinking a lot about my interview with Michelle about habits, and she really goes into that deeply and beautifully of how to uncover why we do certain things, why we have certain habits and ways of being in the world, and how we can then, if we want, if they're not habits that are serving us, and in this case, feeling overwhelmed about cooking, something that we have to do to survive on a daily basis, and how terrible that is if we approach it from that feeling of chore, like every day, as as the, as the time starts getting closer to dinner and having to think about what am I going to make for dinner or I have to make dinner or maybe I just go out to get something to eat that I know is going to make me feel good. And having to go through that process every single day is just too much. This is a natural spot to talk about the action tip for this episode. 
It is taking some of the tools Michelle Nevadas in the episode about habits offered us, which is if you have a habit that's not serving you, the best way, which is so accessible to all of us, is to write it down, to write down what is the habit and to start to reflect through a journaling process of what are the stories that come to mind when you think about why you do something in a certain way. I found in doing this process for myself, even feeling like I have already created a new habit around cooking that I've been implementing now for many years, we, it's still, it was a good process for me to write down, well, what were my food stories of why I felt like that before? Like where, what were the origins of that past habit because sometimes I do find that I'll default into that old way and going through this process of writing down my own food story of why I came to feel the heaviness and the drudgery and the overwhelm. What was the origin of that feeling for myself? Who was it that I watched? Why did I feel that? So I could Now I'm really intentional. Now I have a true understanding of why I came to be, to feel and think that way. And then when I do start to fall into that default position, I can click back to what it is I want to feel, right? It's like a game almost. It's a game in your mind because we get to choose what stories we want to believe, the stories that we want to listen to in our own mind. So for me, when I start to hear a story that's not serving me, it's like, okay, let me edit it and let me go with this other story. It reminds me of the those books that we read as children where you choose your own ending. So in this case, I guess this story would begin. So here is, you know, fill in the blank. It's dinner time and they start to make their way to the kitchen And then you get to choose which path are you going to take. And she's hating it. She doesn't want to be there. She's so tired and feeling overwhelmed. Or do you want to pick the other ending to the story? And she turns on her jazz music and she starts to take out her ingredients and she starts to chop and smile and and enjoy herself. And here comes her kids and they ask what's for dinner and she's not upset at them because they don't want help, you know. So anyhow, we get to choose our own ending. If we take the time to reflect on why we choose things to begin with. So when I did that for myself, there was a few stories that came to mind. And these negative feelings towards cooking in many ways was inherited from my own mother and she from hers. And So as I started to really reflect on that and what were the ways that I saw my mom in the kitchen, who would come home after teaching all day and had three little girls when I was growing up and eventually had a fourth, she was tired. She was so tired when she'd come home and she would sit on her bed and try to relax before she had to set out to cook dinner for all of us because she didn't have any help from my dad who would come home from work and it was time for him to eat as soon as he got home. So there was like this expectation that at 
5.30, it was time for us to eat dinner. I would help her in the kitchen, but oftentimes she was just tired. From from my perspective, my mother, she didn't have any anchor to pull her out of that feeling of tiredness. On Saturday morning, when I was so tired, I could pull myself from that fog of, of fatigue because I anchored myself in this idea that I was cooking with purpose, the purpose of creating nourishment and community for this community of, of women who I love. And I was also setting forth the dough and the ingredients necessary for my kids and Michael to make empanadas at night. The purpose I attached to cooking those empanadas is what lifted me out of the feeling of tiredness. As I'm thinking about the empanadas I made, and you might be getting hungry just hearing about all these empanadas for this entire episode, in the show notes, I include a link to that empanada recipe Empanadas are just a really phenomenal recipe to reduce your own waste in your in your kitchen, I've noticed. Just like quiche, tacos, pizza, empanadas is also one of those great recipes that you can use ingredients that need to be used, those must-use ingredients that you could just saute or steam and add some good spices and turn it into the filling that goes into the, the dough for the empanada and then baked just to perfection. And it brings so much joy. And also, it also freezes really well. That's the other great thing is we're moving into back to school for kids and um, just even for ourselves. It's something we can easily take for work or to freeze and then bake it for an easy dinner. It's a great go-to recipe to have everybody in your family will enjoy. I'm going to leave you there. I look forward to meeting you here again every Monday and Wednesday. There is power in the collective. Be well. Let's stay connected. Sign up for my newsletter and receive more tips in your inbox weekly and 15% off your first purchase at the Eat Less Water Shop. You can also find me on your favorite social media space at Eat Less Water. Please remember to hit subscribe and leave a review, even if it's only the star rating, because every one of them will increase the chances of other like-minded folks to find us. Thank you for joining me on this journey to Eat Less Water. Together, we will write the story of well-being for this planet we have the privilege to call home. Meet you back here every Monday and Wednesday. There is power in the collective. Mm-hmm.